Hey everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is EJ Swanson, and I'm joined today with Gina from Harbor Churches, one of our awesome hosts, as well as Joe Crabb from Woodside Bible. And uh, Joe, Gina, I'm so thankful to be back with you guys today. Thanks for joining me. Bro, it is so good to be back with uh, with you and, and Gina and the whole family. And obviously, thoughts yeah. and prayers out to Kim as her and her husband welcome their their new their new kiddo yeah, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for them today's a um a, a great episode for you to tune into if you love enneagram if you don't this may not be one that um you know really fills your tank and we'll hope that you'll you'll check back in but today we want to have a conversation with joe graham uh on utilizing the enneagram uh, to better understand and lead your team whether it's uh, staff or interns especially during these difficult times and joe is the multi-site director at harbor churches which is gina's church joe uh welcome we're so thankful that you've joined us today Hey, it's good to be here with all of you. Excited to uh, participate in this podcast, and I'm a listener. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. Uh, we're humbled by that. You know, the vision here uh, for Multi Multi is to equip uh, and serve alongside of people as well as learn uh, from other multi-site churches in the student ministry realm. And what we found is that uh, there's this plethora of people who within the greater multi-site realm have really impacted how the church is doing what they're doing. And over this last uh, couple of years, obviously Enneagram has been a great tool for many of our churches to better lead staff and um, figure out how to utilize, uh, understand, work through transition and tough spots, as well as uh, really put people into their their sweet spot. Um, Joe, will you give us, uh, uh, Joe Graham, I'm going to call Joe Crab for all you listeners crab during this uh, this episode. So, um, Joe, will you share a little bit about Harbor Churches and um, how many campuses, what you would say your multi-site uh, model is? Like pre-COVID, during COVID? Yeah, isn't, today, isn't that I talk it? about today? Because, yeah, please, that'd be uh, great. I, I feel like we have decision fatigue on what exactly we are anymore uh, because of 2020. So we, uh, you know, we're multi-site on the west side of Michigan, and I don't. I know Gina has talked about us a number of times, but um, I had to explain what we were uh, to someone over the weekend, and uh, I said, you know, we have seven. We have seven churches. Uh, we are. We actually are launching two new churches, and they're already doing like some of the best work that any of our churches are doing during the season in terms of. Um, being good news to their communities. And those are really exciting things. And so um, we are, I guess, about 10 years old per se, uh, when the first plant happened. Um, Harbor Churches in, it's, uh, is in some ways only, I guess, I don't know, maybe five or six years old at this point. So the story goes that there was a church that existed for a long time. They decided to plant and then another church was planted and then they were a multi-site and then we had to decide, okay, what, what kind of um, planting organization, church movement are we going to be? And so um, since that decision, we've lived in the multiverse of um, are we autonomous? Are we centralized? Are we administrative? And so a lot of my work day to day has been how do we stay faithful to the mission 
of uh, helping people find our way back to God. That's our big mission. And our strategy is to plant churches that plant churches. And so um, in some ways, I joined about four or five years ago when we were at four campuses. And really, the job, uh, the, the work of the network had become bigger than what the lead pastors of the individual uh, churches were able to do. And so um, day to day, um, I have a similar job to a lot of different executive pastors where you work on people, you work on process, you work on strategy, you work on growth, and of course, you work on challenges. And so I feel like we are um, in the middle of a season of challenges and I don't know when it's going to (laughs) end. Well, I work with Joe at Harbor Churches. Um, and I'm a fan of the Enneagram, by the way. Uh, one of my favorite things to talk about, but Joe, in regards to like Harbor Churches and multi-site student ministry, can you just tell us all a little bit about your role and your connection to student ministries at Harbor Churches? Today, um, I used to be in the weeds a lot of student ministry, but today my view is um, my, my job for students at Harbor Churches and our staff in student ministry is to be an advocate to make sure it is kept a priority and that it is a value and that it aligns with the mission of everything we do at all levels. Uh, I love hearing that, Joe, and, and hearing what God's been doing in and through Harbor Churches. And I know you had, we mentioned earlier that uh, you are an Enneagram coach. And so that's kind of what we're talking about here is, you know, even as you implemented it yourself, leading staff, um, empowering them, equipping them, uh, and using the Enneagram to do so. But just in case there's anyone out there who does not know what the Enneagram is, will you go ahead and give a, a brief overview of the Enneagram? The Enneagram is a tool that organizes itself around nine personality types. And there's kind of this insider language to the Enneagram that if you don't know anything about it, you can be out at a coffee shop and you can hear people talking about it. And they're like, oh, there's such a type one or, oh, there's such a type four. And you're like, what is this language? And so um, I always want to like slow it way down and go, it's, it's really important that you understand how the whole system works and that there are these like nine different personalities that are driven by different things so that you can then understand yourself and understand others. Uh, I, I usually say everyone is way more than a number. And I mean, there are entire books written on each individual number. And so um, that's where that, but you got, you got, you kind of got to know what, how the tool works. And so I'll give you a, a one more like me, uh, picture of what it looks like. Imagine we were on the top floor of like a 10 story building and there were nine different windows And then there was a car accident at the intersection at the bottom of the building. Well, each window sees and experiences that car accident in a different way. And then each number also have a, has a different response to what they do next because of what they, they saw and experienced. And so we can, we all can like move and look through all nine windows but we have one window that is the primary window that we look through um, because of the core motivations and the internal experience that we have moment to moment. Joe, I'm sure you work with a whole bunch of people. Um, You know, we're, we're very familiar with um, Beth and I love following her, her Instagram. So dude, the the shameless plug is no problem here, especially from two threes. Uh, Gina and I are, are totally okay with that. Uh, earlier, you kind of intertwined the Enneagram with, with Christ and how that looks. Um, with, within ministry, 
Um, can you delve a little bit into uh, a little further on how you have seen the Enneagram be able to, to help you uh, draw out those God-given talents and um, just opportunities for growth in the gospel with, with people? Yeah, absolutely. So the Enneagram is a tool that helps us grow, but what leads to real transformation is the work of the spirit in our life and the work of the gospel as we get drawn more and towards more towards our union with Christ. And so um, permission to go a little theological. Is that all right? Please. Yeah. Yeah. So if we we think about, uh, well, I didn't even, I didn't see this coming guys. I'm going to talk about John Calvin. So just stick with me. So he talks about uh, double grace, which, and then there are these two big words that we use justification and sanctification. And uh, justification is this idea that Christ, um, Christ has died for our sins and it's complete and it's final. Like our sins, like Jesus stands on our behalf um, and draws us to the father, um, to the fullest life, to the life everlasting, uh, to the, to the not yet and the already. And so there is no question um, that God has redeemed and restored us and is put us on a journey of reconciliation that's justification but then there's this other term sanctification that like we're not there yet right and so we're on this journey of discipleship of continual growth um i think the the language of the new testament is dying to self yeah the enneagram is a tool that helps us see that we are we are already redeemed and restored and reconciled but our journey does take effort, right? So Dallas Willard has this great line Amen. where he says, he goes, grace is opposed to earning, but it's not opposed to effort. So That's we, good. we uh, you know, I think the Enneagram um, takes, like uh, my website is like dot work. One of the reasons is because it was available. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, I didn't want to pay the price to buy the yep. dot com, but also like, because I believe it takes work. Like, like yeah. self-awareness and growth does take work and it does take effort, but it isn't only effort that makes us grow. The effort is to put ourselves in position to receive grace, goodness, mercy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, fruits of the spirit, right? Like right now, we all need a lot more of that based on what's going on in our, in our world. And the Enneagram simply gives us language to understand ourselves in a deeper way to see what's great about us, what's not so great about us, but more importantly, like what is that thing that we can't resolve that we're always going to try to resolve. Right. And so for the successful achiever, I'll, I'll, I'll use Enneagram three. I have a business partner and she is an Enneagram three and she always gets really uncomfortable when I ask like really difficult questions that we can't answer. Right. And so she's like, I just don't like it when you ask those questions because uh, I, we end this question. We do these group, we do group coaching where we'll have like five or six people on. And uh, one of the questions I always ask is what would it look like to trust and know that it is fully okay that you will never fulfill all of your core desires. Mm. And uh, because one, because only Christ can fulfill our core desires, but two, like we, like we can't, get everything yeah right and for the successful achiever they want to say yes to do everything they want to take the hill they want to build the resume they want to start the podcast they want to write the book they want to grow the youth ministry they want to be in the network but um and they might be able to do that because they just have a driver that just keeps driving 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 
but they also can't. And so dying to self is becoming aware of how, on the one hand, that's your gift to the world, but on the other th- hand, it's the paradox that you can't resolve. And that's where, like the balance of like justification and sanctification becomes so important in the double grace uh, that we yeah, have from Jesus. Man, I, I feel like I'm going to uh, take over this, uh, th- this podcast because I, I'm just, I absolutely love um, Enneagram. You know, my wife, Abby, is a six. So we have a, you know, a loyalist in the family and a, a driver, one who cares for people really well and one who uh, prefers to woo people and continue doing them. How, how Joe, have you seen um, people overcome either, I, I guess I'll use the deficits. You may coach us through that right now, the deficits in their Enneagram. Um, and how, how does that help build multi-site teams with the variance of context between campuses? The thing, thing that's so great about the Enneagram is it, give, it gives you language to understand your internal experience. And so uh, we all have these thoughts and feelings that are right there all the time. And the, and the work of a leader is to be aware of those feelings, right? Yeah. And, to, and to be empowered to know how they inform uh, your behaviors, right? Because I, I actually argue that you can't necessarily change those internal thoughts and behaviors because they're just there. They're pretty ingrained in you. Um, okay. But the work of the leader is to become aware of those. Because, mm. and, and then self-empowerment is when you don't let those behaviors um, um, kind of overrun your life and others. Okay. And so multi-site in any, any team, any industry, any field, I mean, it's really about control. And we all have different things we're trying to control. So each, each number has something it's trying to control internally, right? And so like an example for me is I, uh, my core desire as an Enneagram 5 is to be capable and competent, right? And yep. so like I can get, uh, I can get really annoyed um, if another person makes me late. Okay. Because for me, being on time is like one thing that demonstrates that I'm capable, that I'm competent. Right now. I mean, this, this, like this quickly goes into like personal life if we're being honest, right. (laughs) You know, where it's like, Hey, we said we were going to be here then and we're not, it's not, you know, so I'm always trying to project that I'm capable and competent. And because of that, I overthink like that's the, that's the deficiency in my own life is I overthink things. I overprepare. I usually show up with three times as much content as I need for something. Right. And so okay. like, uh, so that's, so overcoming deficits in teams is helping individuals and teams see what each person in the room is going to need going into that meeting. Right. And so like I tell, I say, hey, if the Enneagram 3 doesn't have an agenda to follow or clear action steps, they're going to be probably frustrated in that meeting and after that meeting. And so they, then they may, they may take over that meeting too because of their desire to achieve and kind of move it to the next thing. Right. And so um, the way I think about it as a leader is if I know the numbers of the people on my teams, I know that there are different ways that I can have empathy for what each number is trying to resolve. Right. Yeah. So, so, one, so knowing your team is super important. And oh my if word, you're yeah. going to use this, you have to, 
you have to go through and, and have everybody take the test and know it's, it's like yeah. the number one win within this, right? Absolutely. And then once like, you know, okay, so you have like an Enneagram one, well, they're always going to want to make it perfect. Uh, the Enneagram nine isn't going to want to make a decision because it's too disruptive to make a decision. So you actually go, Hey, I need your answer by tomorrow at noon. Cause that, then you actually give them 24 hours to think it through. Um, the Enneagram eight is going to challenge. And if, if, if an Enneagram eight gets healthy, they can start to realize that their challenge comes from this sense of protection rather than a sense of always challenging things. And then like I tell the Enneagram sevens, just because you put it on a whiteboard doesn't mean it happened. Right. Which is, you know, like, and so like the more, so I, I can go around the numbers and see how each right. number is, you know, Enneagram two, they're going to volunteer and say yes to do everything, but they may not actually have the capacity to do that. And they may say yes at the detriment of themselves, even though they're, they are the best person who can help. So each, so each number kind of has like this, like kind of two sides of a coin. And so when you know that about yourself and then you know that about others, I, th I, I just think it can be really transformative. Joe, earlier you kind of described um, the Enneagram as we're all at the window, the nine different windows looking at a car accident. And that just got me thinking of like on a staff or church staff, we're like the nine different types at the window looking at the pandemic and responding to a pandemic and trying to make decisions for our campuses and our ministries how have you seen like the Enneagram be a helpful tool as you were trying to navigate leading people and leading ministries in a time where we're all experiencing just a lot politically and with the pandemic and all that's going on? Yeah. So the one, one thing we haven't discussed uh, so far is um, the Enneagram is, uh, and I apologize for anyone who doesn't know the Enneagram so well, you're probably already gone anyways. So uh, the Enneagram is organized around triads. Um, these three instinctual centers uh, that have these primary emotions. So the Enneagram eight, nine, and one is called the gut triad. And the primary emotion that they experience moment to moment is anger. And in response to that anger, they move towards finding justice. All right. And then um, the Enneagram eight, nine, and one, they believe that they're only what they do. They want to go to action really fast. And they want to do that in different ways based on being an eight, nine, or one. And so in a pandemic, um, they all experience, so whenever they're stressed, they're going to feel this actually any given moment. That's, that's the thing about, so if you're really, um, side note, this is why it's important to like do hard self-awareness work with the Enneagram is like, you got to get in touch with that primary emotion that you have. So for anyone who's an eight, nine or one, they actually have to get in touch with their anger and try to understand how that is uh, shaping their thoughts and feelings moment to moment, right? And so the eight is probably running down the stairs to pull the person out of the fire um, as it's happening. If we were to look down and see an accident, the nine probably frozen because they're always they're 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 always the nines tend to um, be overwhelmed with stress and they tend to freeze a little bit because they want to mediate, right? They want they don't want to do anything that would be disruptive, so they kind of can get stuck in their thinking. And then the one. Um, the, the one probably gets pretty frustrated when they don't see people respond in the right way. They're, they're probably looking at like COVID-19, let's use that as going like, why didn't we have a better plan for how we, you know, we deal with an infectious disease? And they might get really angry 
about that because they're like, we could have planned and made a better plan for this. So, so that's the eight, nine, and one. The Enneagram uh, two, three, and four are in another triad called uh, the heart triad. So they kind of experience life uh, through a primary emotion of shame. And so any, any, are you, any of you Brene Brown fans, readers of Brene Brown? Yes. Certainly. So, I mean, this is, this is the never enough thing that all of us are plagued with. Like, are we good enough? Do we matter? But for the two, three, and four, like the, the, the question that, and lie that they're always wondering is, um, I'm only what others think of me. So because they're so in tune with their heart and their emotion of shame of am I enough and how that relates to other people, they're constantly thinking about how am I in relationship with others. Um, the two really wants to come alongside. And the funny thing is that the two is probably down there with the eight running right into it. I've seen a lot of Enneagrams too, Enneagram twos during this pandemic who are really struggling and really struggled initially because they couldn't go and be with people who were hurting, isolated, and sick. Like they could, they weren't allowed to go do the thing that they're best at. And like at the core of who they are, that's really, really hard. Right. And then yeah. um, the, the Enneagram threes, the Enneagram threes went, these would be the over functioning. Right. So um, if you're in student ministry, these are the, these are the people who kept creating resources that nobody read when we sent them to our students. Right. <laughs> our response to stress was like resource, resource, resource. Sorry, Gina. The, third, the 30% open rate. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and you know, you right there is the three, you know, exactly how many people opened your thing. And so you go to that over function, right? How can I achieve? Uh, how can I control my emotion of shame that I'm not enough? Um, by doing more, right? And then the four, uh, the four tends to step away, withdraw. Um, you know, it, I'm I'd be curious to know how many Enneagram fours like stepped away from their job during the season, just because they're like, I'm going to individuate and I got to experience this. This is a whole new thing. And so that's, that's the, the heart triad. And then there's the head triad, which is the five, six, and seven. And it's organized around this experience of anxiety. Um, the five experiences that anxiety vary internally and the seven, it's much more external. So anyone in this uh, triad um, is, tends to be pretty wordy, pretty, pretty verbose. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I can be pretty reserved, but if you ask me something that I'm passionate about, I can just talk and talk and talk and talk. And so um, in some ways this triad, because we live in our head, it's called the head triad and we feel anxiety we probably are having back issues right now. Um, you know, for example, uh, I had read probably listened and read, I probably listened to four podcasts and read a dozen articles by March 1st about COVID-19 before it really became a thing, just because that's, that's kind of how I respond to my anxiety is I try to get more information. And I've actually had to like take, cut myself off from the internet during this season because I can, I can quickly get in a wormhole in my anxiety and like trying to overthink how do we, how do we, how do we get through this? Right. And so, and that's, that's true for the six and seven is they have just have a ton of anxiety. The six is probably the one who's going to go to action first. Um, and then the seven, seven might too. So there's, there's a whole level like um, that we're not going to be able to get into here. But um, one of the things I do, if I work with a team consecutively, once you help everybody identify their core number, you then go to like, what is the communication style of each number? In um, each number is either direct um, and active, or passive and withdrawn, 
or dependent based on the circumstance. And so that's, that's when you can start to see the next level growth um, with the Enneagram and teams and relationships is when you start to interact with like communication styles. But um, that's kind of like Enneagram 2.0 once you, once you clarify your own type and the type of everybody on your team. Joe, I really appreciate you breaking things down in such a way that uh, even for myself, you know, as Gina started the, the podcast, she talked about, hey, if you don't, uh, or EJ or Gina said, if you don't like Enneagram, this episode I, might not be for you. But I think for anybody who's listening, they, um, they're, they're getting a greater understanding of how this tool can be utilized. And it's a, it's a tool. It, it, it's really helped um, give insight to team and lead and direct team in such a way and definitely insightful, but wanted to give room before we officially wrap for whether EJ, Joe, Gina, uh, any, any final thoughts for anybody out there when it comes to utilizing a tool like the Enneagram to, to lead your staff in such a time as this? Yeah, I, I think it, um, you know, we started on our, uh, a bunch of my teams prior to COVID with Enneagram and it was a huge um, uh, blessing. It also has helped me, at, you know, hiring multiple staff to notice who the typical person that I go um, after. I always hire eights and twos as a three, um, at least how I'm doing it. I like people who can help me achieve. So those twos are really important and the eights being as decisive as they are and sometimes opinionated um, helps me as well. So that was a, a huge win. And I think coming out of the season, as we transition things, knowing people's Enneagram and, um, you know, looking for new staff positions to fill it has definitely been kind of the first thing that I ask in the hiring process. So for me, Joe, that's been um, a, a really big win. And by the way, Joe Crab, I have always thought that you're a seven, just to be honest. Um, I think you, uh, you alongside of our, our friend Reggie Joyner, um, I, I think you're a seven. But um, I, I'll kind of leave it to, to Joe Graham to kind of wrap it up and give his his final thoughts because I am by far very sub-expert compared to, to him. Uh, I, I've been thankful for this discussion. Well, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, one, of the, one of the new things uh, I developed uh, for the Enneagram in this season of COVID is we were doing uh, coaching groups. And so I um, have led a couple now uh, where we get like four or five leaders together and then we just go on a three-week or a five-week journey and learn the Enneagram, clarify your type. And this is something you could do with your team right now. So if you want to do that, um, for sure, um, we'll make my information available. I would love to create something where this can be a great way for your team to get to know each other better, get to know themselves uh, through this difficult season. And what's, what's really good about consecutive weeks with it is it's, it's different. It's like, it's different than going on a retreat or going to a conference. It's like, no, we're actually going to like go deeper um, with this uh, with this tool that's going to help us grow in our own leadership. And if we can all grow in our own leadership, it's going to increase the capacity of our whole team. So um, I'm really, I'm a big advocate right now of these uh, coaching groups that I'm doing because you start to see the transformative work that can happen in individuals and in a community collectively, which then can be really powerful. So um, I would be happy. Uh, I'll make sure to share that with uh, with the, with the multi, multi podcast, uh, promotions as they go out. So if you guys want to get a hold of me and go deeper, that's, that's awesome. I appreciate that, Joe. Um, overall, um, social email, uh, website, what's the best way that people can get in touch with you? Right. So if you go to joegram.work, 
Uh, you can email me right from my webpage and get a little bit of feel for kind of my approach to the Enneagram. I am on social media, but I am not reliable on social ah. media. Part of being an Enneagram five is you withdraw and you kind of live in your own head. And like I'll have seasons where I'll just completely disengage from that platform. So follow. Um, I'm, I'm doing better. Um, my uh, uh, Tiffany, uh, my, my wife is like, amazing at social media and she like has them like social media contracts and clients and all that. So she helps me, but I am at, uh, Enneagram.work is my Instagram handle. Um, and I don't think I've updated it in a couple months, but so, that, I, I do, look there, but, but my website and email is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Well, Joe, it's, it's been a joy having you on today. Thanks for all the info. I, I look forward to learning more from you as um, I follow along. I'll obviously be checking out your site and seeing how I'm within that, that realm, how we can continue to lead. You know, within multi-site, it certainly is uh, another one of the tools that so many of us leaders can have in our toolbox. And I want to thank you for, for joining us today. Um, on behalf of uh, Joe, Gina, Kim, uh, who wasn't able to join us and myself, thanks for being a part of the multi-multi-nation and what you're investing into not only your church, but the greater uh, global multi-site church as, um, you know, we continue to win people for Christ. So, so thanks a ton. It, it means a lot, um, you hopping on. If you are listening today, uh, make sure that you check out Joe's uh, information. Again, we referenced a couple of great people on the podcast today that continue to um, give all of us uh, hope and um, uh, a ton of information on how we can lead better in this season and in the future. So Joe, again, thanks again. On behalf of the multi-site team, um, we are thankful for you. And for you listeners, uh, will you take a moment? Will you review um, the Multi Multi Podcast? If you're not following us on social media, will you head over to Multi Multi Pod across all the platforms and check that out? Um, we love you guys. God loves you more. Have an awesome day. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.